Then I just want to introduce Dave. Uh, some guys know Dave already. He's been here before. Actually, Randy and I met Dave at a Sab- pastor's Sabbath retreat uh, about 11 years ago. And it was uh, probably about a year and a half before he felt called and went to Africa to do the work that he's doing with um, Family of Hope. And, you know, Dave targets a very unique group of people in Kenya. He targets boys that are the range of 12 to 17 um, that people have given up on. They're boys that live on the streets. They've been sodomized. They have been abused in all kinds of ways. And they're addicted to glue. And so, Dave, this is the ministry that he is called to do. Very specific uh, people group that he's um, expressing God's love to. And it's a battle, and it's hard. And if you guys get his uh, emails, you, you see the ebb and flow and the constant dying of uh, who Dave is to what God wants him to be. So uh, can we just applaud and thank him for being here this morning to share with us? be here and uh man see all these these dresses this is incredible what you folks have done and it's just going to be cool to see so many little girls just filled with joy and uh getting loved on and soccer balls and guitar case man you guys have been such a blessing so i appreciate you blessing me and blessing a lot of kids over in kenya and blessing our guys thank you for letting me share uh with you this morning I uh, want to read, uh, you guys are going through the book of Ephesians, right? And so we're going to be in chapter 5, verses 1 through 16. I just did that to mess with Clara. It's just chapter 4, okay? As a prisoner for the Lord then, and I, I want you to listen very carefully, Okay? If you think that I misread something, would you just raise your hand and and correct me? As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be a little bit humble and gentle when it's easy. Um, Be patient with those that are easy to be patient with. Uh, Bear with one another in love when you can do it. Um, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit, and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers so that we could pay them to do the work of God and the rest of us uh, could just be off the hook. Um, am I am I missing something? Maybe my glasses are not working too good here. Um, let's see. Um, 
oh, excuse me, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become a little bit more mature, attaining to a little bit of what the fullness of Christ is. Does anybody anybody have another pair of glasses? Uh, Let me read that again. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Wow. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you speak to us this morning? I thank you, Father, that you've called each and every one of us to be your child, that you've equipped every one of us with more than we know what to do with. Would you help us to believe it this morning? Would you speak to us? Would you change us? Would you love us? In Jesus' name, amen. So you guys have gone through the first three chapters, right? And... uh, I want to pray what you guys have been studying for how many weeks? Six Six weeks. Okay. Might go something like this. Father, thank you that you've blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Father, thank you that we've been chosen before the creation of the world. I don't understand how you could be thinking of me before you created the world, but I thank you that you love me that much. I thank you that you've predestined us to be adopted as your sons and daughters. I thank you that you've bought us back through the purchase of your blood. I thank you that we've received forgiveness of sins. Thank you that you've marked us with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. I thank you that we've been created to know you better, that we've been created to know the hope to which we've been called. I thank you that we've been created to know the riches of your glorious inheritance. I thank you that we were created to know your incomparably great power, Each and every one of us created to know your incomparably great power. Thank you, Father. I thank you that you've made us alive with Christ. I thank you that you've seated us with Christ in the heavenly realms. I thank you that we've been saved by grace through faith. I thank you that we're your workmanship, Father. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I thank you that though we were once far away, we've been brought near. I thank you, Jesus, that you yourself are our peace. I thank you that we have access to you, Father. I thank you that we're fellow citizens with all your people, Father, and we're members of your household. I thank you that our household is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. I thank you, Father, that you live in us by your spirit. I thank you that we're heirs together with Israel, sharing in the promise in Christ Jesus. And I thank you that we've been created to make known the manifold wisdom of God to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. 
Thank you, Father, that through Christ we can now approach you with freedom and confidence. I thank you that we've been created to be strengthened with power through your Spirit. I thank you, Father, that Christ lives in our hearts through faith. I thank you that we've been rooted and established in love. I thank you that we've been created to have the power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep your love for us is in Jesus. I thank you, Father, that we've been created to know this love that surpasses knowledge. I thank you that we've been created to be filled to the measure of all your fullness, God. It's amazing. I thank you that we've been created to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me show you a photo here. It's Mac. Yeah, now this is Silas. And Silas has lived with us uh, for a couple years. For those of you that maybe don't know, uh, I work with boys that have lived on the street. We have a transition home for them, so they come and we try to help them get to know Jesus and leave the things from the street. We've worked with Silas about two years, and Silas doesn't believe what I just prayed. Okay, He has this resistance uh, to Jesus, and, and he won't really tell us why. You know, I've asked him, Silas, uh, he's run away. Like before I, I came to, back to the U.S., he'd run away seven times. And the last time he came back, I said, Silas, you know, we love you. We want you to be here. But I really don't think that you can do this without Jesus. I mean, we've been trying this, and... You know, you've been coming and going, and you know that we want you here. Can you tell me why it is that you don't want Jesus? And he says, I don't know. And uh, so I told the boys, I love to mountain bike, I said, listen, all you got to do is not run away, and if the staff give you discipline, if you do something, just do it. When I get back, I'll take you mountain biking. I told Silas, I said, man, I really want to take you mountain biking when I get back. You're going to be here, right? He goes, yep. I go, you promise? He goes, yep. Day after I leave, he runs away again. So eight times uh, he's run away. Now Silas's father doesn't want him. He lives out in a remote uh, part of Kenya. The relatives believe that his father has killed somebody, that he's been involved in witchcraft. Uh, Silas's mother lives in town, the last that we knew. She came to visit him once in the two years that we've worked with him. And she doesn't feel like she can take care of him. So I don't think that Silas really feels loved. I don't know if he believes that anybody can love him. Uh, and I think the, all, all the enemy has to do is just whisper in his ear, you know, what if your father and your mother don't love you? How is anybody else going to love you? And uh, if I come out here, does the microphone still work? Okay. So if you don't believe that you're loved, then I think Satan can just take you anywhere he, he wants you to go. And he can get you involved in all kinds of things uh, that you can live for yourself and try to make yourself feel good and try to be accepted. And he can take you down all kinds of different paths. And he does that in Kenya and he does it here, of course. And he does it all over the place. So I don't think Silas believes you know, the gospel that uh, when we give Jesus our sin, he gives us his righteousness. You know, Claire and I went to some yard sales yesterday because I love a good deal. I bought two backpacks 
two day packs for a buck. Whoo, man, you know. But this, this Jesus giving me his righteousness when I give him my sin. I've, I've never made a deal like that, and I never will. That's the best deal that I'll ever make in my life, you know. And I still can't hardly get my mind around it. And I'm sure that Silas, you know, has a very difficult time getting his mind around that, that uh, he could actually give God all of his sin. Silas has been abused as many times as he is, has years old. You know, he's just been through all kinds of, of hardship in his life. Uh, the next picture is Reuben. And uh, Reuben also has lived with us for a couple of years. And he was doing pretty good. And Reuben has been through prayer ministry. He's been through deliverance. Uh, he said a prayer, you know, to accept Jesus into his life. But I don't know if, if Reuben really believes, you know, what I prayed. Because uh, in December, uh, he was sent home for a home visit, and he never came back. So his grandmother's lying to us. You know, she's telling us, well, he's at school. So we went to take another boy home. We decided we're going to stop by the school and, and see Reuben. So we go to the school, and they have no record of him. They don't know who he is. And... So my grandmother's not telling the truth to us, and we're going down, and my assistant, I stopped the car, and uh, he says, why don't we go uh, to this other school and check? So I turn the vehicle, and we're driving down through this neighborhood on a dirt road, and I hear, Dave, I look over there, and there's Reuben. He's collecting firewood. It's like this God appointment. You know, God just leads us right to Reuben. And so, you know, we put him in the car with his friend and we go to his uncle's house where he was staying. That was the Lord. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and we go to his uncle's and he just lives in this run-down, you know, mud, mud shack. And uh, so we're hoping that Reuben will come back with us, but he doesn't want to come back with us because his grandmother promised she said that she was going to bring the school fees uh, for me tomorrow so that he can go to school. So we gave him a Bible, prayed for him, you know. Uh, about a month later, he's knocking at our gate. He'd run away from the, the uncles, uh, run away from school because he, you know, really wanted to go to school, which is amazing because when he came to us, he couldn't even read, you know. But he learned how to read while he was with us. and He's a nice kid. But Reuben has some secrets in his life. Okay? There's some things that he feels ashamed of, and he doesn't want to bring it into the light. And so guess who loves the darkness? The father of lies. And so the father of lies continues uh, to lie to Reuben because he struggles with some things that he doesn't want to bring out into the light. So he doesn't really believe <coughs> that when Jesus went to the cross, Reuben is no longer defined by what he did. He's just defined by what Jesus did. But he has a new identity because of his life in Jesus. So he has a hard time believing the truth about himself. And, and now he's off on the street, and we go down to the bus stage where a lot of the kids hang out. And, hey, Reuben, you know, when are you going to come home? And... Uh, so there's some, there's some kind of spiritual battle going on that keeps him from just embracing his Father in heaven. 
and embracing what the gospel says and who he is in Christ. So there's a couple of examples of boys that that have a hard time uh, believing who they are and what God says. Now, I have to make a confession to you. Uh, I'm 62 years old, and I still don't know who I am. So let me tell you what I mean by that. I, I said a prayer when I was eight years old and I received Jesus into my heart. But I didn't really understand uh, the, the fullness of what I was doing because I listened to a guy talk about hell and I didn't want to go to hell, so sign me up for Jesus. <laughs> hey, it's a good deal. I get to go to heaven. That's wonderful. I'm thankful that I get to go to heaven. But... God didn't create me just so that I can go to heaven. Uh, I was telling Claire, I've been listening to a guy on YouTube named Dan Moeller. Anybody ever heard of him? Okay, Nigel's heard of him. This guy, this guy will mess with you. Okay. (laughs) Excuse me. This is a man who talks about becoming love. He says we're created in the image of God, and God is love. So what would God want from us you know, but to become love? And he's a man that doesn't take offense. That, that's what just captures me. I listen to this guy in tears sometimes. I says, oh, Jesus, I need what this man has. Because all of my life, I've been very easily offended. You know, I'm a pretty sensitive guy, and so that's good in some ways. But you know, I get hurt real easy. I get offended real easy. And uh, I don't represent Jesus uh, when I'm getting offended. And another thing that I've struggled with my whole life is a fear of what people think of me. So I don't think I really believe the gospel. I don't think I really believe what I just prayed and what Jesus says about me. Because I think if I really believe that, if it was down in the core of who I am, I would never take offense, and I'd never be afraid. It wouldn't matter, Ben, what you thought of me. Terry, you could call me all kinds of names. You know what Dan Moeller says? He says, the harder you come at me, the more of Jesus you're going to (laughs) get. Man, I would love that for that to be true of me, you know? The harder that you come at me, the more of Jesus that you're going to get. So somehow, Dan Moeller says, we said a prayer, but we forgot to die. <laughs> and he says, if you became a Christian for you, like I did, you know, for, for what I could get out of it, you'll probably be frustrated. Because whenever things don't go your way, when people don't treat you the way you want to be treated or something happens in your life or you lose a loved one or somebody dies or you lose your job, it's like, God, where are you? God, don't you love me? See, if it's all about you and it's not about him, then whenever something goes wrong, then you're going to be disappointed and frustrated. See, if we don't believe that God is good and that he proved it, by Jesus when he sent Jesus on the cross that he proved that he's good and he proved that he loved us if we don't have that centered in who we are then we're going to be frustrated whenever things go 
wrong. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. He said it. But, you know, we, we kind of live like, well, not me. You know, <laughs> I shouldn't have trouble. You shouldn't treat me in a bad way. You should know that I'm a nice guy. You should respect me. You should talk to me the way that I want to be talked to. And Juan, if you don't do that, then I'm not going to love you. If you're nice to me, I'll love you. Well, how is that being any different than the world, you know? So when Paul says for three chapters, he's just been telling us who we are, and now he finally gets to chapter 4, says live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. <laughs> completely, <coughs> completely humble and gentle. I didn't know I was proud until I was like in my 40s. You know? <laughs> Somehow that just like, I missed that one. And fortunately, uh, through a 12-step program, God showed me that I was proud. You know? I had to humble myself to finally see that, that I was proud. So <clears throat> when he talks about being completely humble, being completely gentle... Bearing with one another, but God, do you know what my wife is like? God, do you know what my husband's like? God, do you know what this neighbor's like? <coughs> Bearing with one another in love, making effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I listened to a message uh, about a week ago. The guy was talking about the neurotransmitters in our mind and the connections uh, that we make. And it was just, I can't explain it all to you, but it was just fascinating. And he was just saying, we can't afford to not have connection. That when we break connection with one another, it's actually like we're messing with our minds. But you and I, we have the mind of Christ. Thank you, Mercy. Mercy extends mercy. (laughs) Thank you for being Jesus. So this, this like, don't you wish he would have just said, like I read it, you know, just be a little humble, you know. But he says, be completely humble and gentle. And then he goes on and he says, uh, until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Oh, man. The whole measure? When I listen to Dan Moeller, if if you knew like where I've been and how I've grown up and and how easily I've been offended, and for me to say, I want to become a man who doesn't take offense, like just think for yourself. Maybe you don't struggle with that. Maybe there's another area of your life. You think, is that even possible? Is it even possible for me to become a man or a woman who doesn't take offense? Is it even possible for me to be a man or a woman who doesn't live in fear of what somebody else thinks of me? Is that even possible? Or is that just Jesus stuff? Is that just for Jesus and the Apostle Paul and Clara? I was telling Clara, she's like a hero to me because I was driving with her one time and somebody cut her off. Her first response is, oh, Father, would you bless that man? She starts to pray for him. 
You know what my first, you don't want to know what my first response is. <laughs> I was, there are bad drivers in this country, but nothing like what we have in Kenya. I, I was speaking around, I was telling people, I've been here a month. I haven't called one person an idiot. It's like a miracle. <laughs> but when I grow up, I want to be like Clara. I want my first response to be to bless people begin to pray for them. I want that to be my first response. I want that I want that that thing to come out of me. It's just love that comes out of me. Not Dave Osborne in the flesh. You cut me off. You mess with me. And so I'm oh God forgive me for cursing this guy. I'm real good at repenting. <laughs> I've gotten real good at asking for forgiveness from, from our boys. You know? I can humble myself and I can go to them and say, hey, man, you know, the way I talked to you wasn't a good example of the way your Father in Heaven was. You know, I want to ask you for forgiveness because no matter what you do or say, I'm still responsible for every word, everything that I do, every, every action that I have. I'm still responsible for that. Would you forgive me? Yeah, I can do that. But to live in love, to be able to respond you know, with love, that no matter if you disrespect me, if you steal from me, if you disobey me, whatever you do, you cut me off on the road, you get love, you know. If you slander me, uh, tell lies about me, uh, whatever you do, you get love. Now, oh man, that's, that's, that's the kind of life I want to live. So that's that's what Paul's calling us to. But do we believe that that's actually even possible? See, Dan Moeller says that we've been homeschooled in the wrong school. You know, we need to come home because we believe what the world has taught us. It's almost like we have a right to be offended president does something we don't like we have a right to be offended you know somebody treats us in a way that we don't think we should be treated that way we have a right to be offended don't they know who we are they know how important we are don't we know don't they know how valuable they are Dan Muller has these amazing sayings he says how do you offend somebody how do you emotionally abuse somebody who knows who they are? That's pretty good. <laughs> he says things like, I gave up my rights <clears throat> for the right to be like him. He goes, nobody can touch me anymore because he already has. <laughs> the first time I listened to this guy, I thought he was a little harsh, uh, a little loud for me. Um, and a little goofy, you know. And he comes up, he just has so much joy. If you listen to him, you So I didn't listen to him for several months, and I came back and I started listening to him again. And now I've just been listening, I've listened to hours of him. You go on YouTube, he's got messages that are like three hours long. I've listened to a number of them. So I like to preach Dan Moeller, but I really like to live him. Because he lives like Jesus. Men, he says, my wife can't offend me. (laughs) 
How many don't raise your hand? How many husbands, you know, could just raise your hand? And, or how many of you wives could raise your hand and say, "My husband can't offend me. I love him. I don't wake up for him to love me and serve me. I wake up to love and serve him. I don't live up. I don't wake up for myself. I wake up to manifest the image of Jesus, and that's what I'm living for. See, what if we got up and we decided life is not about me today? Life is about manifesting the image of Jesus. And I want to grow in maturity because I thank you, Father, that I woke up loved today. I thank you that nobody else gets to define me today. My husband doesn't get to define me. My wife doesn't get to define me. My life isn't as good as my spouse is doing. My, my life isn't as good as my children are doing. My life isn't as good as my job is going. My life isn't as good as whatever is going on in my life. Father, I thank you that I woke up this morning to manifest the image of Jesus, and that's why you created me, to live in love. I thank you that you created me in love. I thank you that I'm living in love. I thank you that every breath I'm taking, I'm living in love. Holy Spirit, every time I take a breath, would you just remind me that I just want to be filled with you and that I want to manifest your presence wherever I go, wherever I do. Dan Moeller says that we're always trying to become what God says we already are. He says that I'm holy and blameless. He's given me his righteousness. Another thing all my life is I've been really good at condemning myself, being hard on myself. I can't believe I did that again. And the enemy has just condemned me and and put me under, under all kinds of stuff. And so if you're struggling with something here this morning, but your life is in Jesus, whatever you're struggling with is not who you are. That doesn't define you. You're not defined by what you've done. You're defined by what Jesus did. So do we really believe what God says about us? <clears throat> so what Dan Moeller does is instead of trying to become what God says he already is, he gets alone with the Father in a secret place and he begins to affirm you know, what God says about him. So he would wake up and he would say prayers like what I said from Ephesians first three chapters and he's just affirming by faith of what the word already says about us and then just trusting that God's going to work his grace through us because we can try and we can try and we can try in our own efforts I've done that there was years ago I decided I'm going to become a man like Jesus who doesn't take offense I memorized the passage out of Isaiah 53 you know where he was, uh, yeah, led like a lamb to the slaughter. He opened not his mouth. I memorized that. I still open my mouth. <laughs> so it shows me that I need to get more time with my father, that I need to begin affirming what he says about me and just trusting that he's going to do a grace a work of grace in my life because if it's up to me it's not going to happen 
But he loves me. He called me as his own. He's adopted me in his family. He calls me his son. He, he's just, just passionate about me. He just loves to be with me. He doesn't come to condemn me. He doesn't come to beat me up. See? He doesn't come to say, Oh, pfft, how long have you been calling yourself a Christian? You're still, still struggling with that? You know, what kind of Christian? He doesn't do that. He's just so happy when I come and I put my focus on him. I was listening to, to Stephanie Gretzinger. She's one of the worship leaders at Bethel. I just got to go to one of their conferences just to make you all covet. Uh, and she was talking about returning. Now it was remember, return, reconnect. Three R's. That's the basics. That's what we need to know. (laughs) Remember, return, reconnect. Remember who we are. Return to Him. Reconnect with Him. That's what His heart is for us. So, do you believe what God says about you? I still don't. Yeah, I believe it, but my heart betrays me when, when you see my life you see me see, call somebody an idiot on the road it betrays what I really believe you know they cut me off somehow I don't really believe that I'm safe I don't know if I gave this illustration here uh, before but in John chapter 14 Jesus says I'm in you you're in me and I'm in my father so if you can picture a circle and that's you. Jesus is in you. And then you're in Jesus, if you can picture another circle. And then another circle, Jesus is in the Father. I know we can't define God by circles, but it's just a little visual that we're surrounded by perfect love. Perfect love lives in me. Perfect love surrounds me. I'm perfectly safe. Driving down the freeway, I'm perfectly safe. Al-Qaeda comes, puts a gun to my head, I'm perfectly safe. My prayer is, if that ever happens to me, I can say, hey, before you pull the trigger, can I please pray for you? That's my prayer. You know, I don't want to be like Peter and get all cocky. And, oh, never. But that, that's what would be my hope, you know, that I could live in that place of knowing that I live in love, I'm perfectly safe. Nobody can harm me. If he pulls the trigger, he can't harm me. I'm perfectly safe. I've just been welcomed into the arms of the Father. Perfectly safe. All my brothers and sisters that are coming to Kenya, you're perfectly safe. Malaria, whatever, diarrhea, whatever, you know, you're perfectly safe. Diary is no fun. <laughs> but God's going to protect you. You're going to be safe. And I thank you for all of, of you that are, are sending those, you know, that are uh, sending those and going to be praying for them because you're part of, part of the ministry as well. Uh, just thank you for blessing us and, and blessing those that are going. It's just such a neat 
a neat congregation to see your hearts, you know, that want to be about the kingdom. So thank you, Clara, for, for leading this fellowship. And thank you all for, for the worship and the leadership and all that you guys do. Let's just invite the Holy Spirit to come. And uh, I think God wants to break uh, strongholds of condemnation here this morning. So I don't know, do you guys have the worship team play during ministry time? or No? Yeah, music. Okay. Not some loud drums. Okay. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We thank you for your presence here. Thank you, Father, that you love us. Thank you that you've accepted us. Thank you, Jesus, that you've washed us, cleansed us. Thank you that there's no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. <laughs> so if you've been like me and, and you've just struggled with a lot of condemnation in your life, you'd like to have that broken off you. I just welcome you to come up and receive prayer. Is there a Peter here this morning? that never got a blessing from your father and and would like a father's blessing I'd like to pray for you this morning just bless you can you turn this off for a second
All right, well, thanks for letting me be, be with you. If you want prayer, feel free to come on up. Go in peace. You're loved every second of today, every second of tomorrow. You're loved. You wake up loved. You go to bed loved. No matter how anybody's treating you, you're loved. You get to share that with other people. God bless you. Thanks for letting me be with you.